0: Welcome to Profit's Healthcare Transformers Podcast, where we'll be talking to leaders in healthcare who are focused on transforming their organizations to drive the next level of growth for their business and for healthcare. Hosted by Priya Anasia, Lindsay Mosby, Paul Shrimp, and Jeff Gorgi. Transformation is one of those terms that has a lot of layers to it. Sometimes it's about innovation. Sometimes it's about shifting the way you do business. Sometimes it's to your overall operating model. And other times it's to a specific department or function. It's also about people, helping them navigate the discomfort that comes with change, but also motivating them to engage in the journey of transformation from the CEO to the newest employee. It's a journey, and that's why we created this podcast, to break down this multidimensional, dynamic topic of transformation, one story at a time. Are you ready to dive in? Hi, everyone. This is Priya and Aja.
1: We're back with another episode of Healthcare Transformers by Profit. Today, we've got a very exciting guest, Jeffrey Roche. Jeffrey is the Senior Vice President of the National Healthcare Practice at CORE Education Services, PBC. CORE Education Services is a public benefit corporation with a mission to support small and mid-sized institutions through innovative shared services. Jeffrey's had a really, really interesting career as a healthcare transformer, and we're super excited to, to get his his thoughts on his career path, how he's kind of sort of emerged into the leader he, he has become today, and get his thoughts on, on the real down and dirty on transformation. <laughs> so we're looking forward to getting his thoughts. Jeffrey, welcome.
2: Thank you, Priya. Thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be here.
1: We're so excited to have you. So maybe we'll just get started by learning a little bit more about your role and the career path that's made you who you are today.
2: Sure, great. Well, yeah, so obviously, I have the distinct honor uh, serving here at CORE Education, really where I have the privilege to work across the country with small to mid-sized colleges and universities. But particularly, my focus is really in the healthcare spectrum, where I work with them to look at partnership opportunities with healthcare systems with you know digital health even in the IT space really to you know look at reskilling upskilling and really you know the idea here that we're never going to truly transform healthcare if we also don't address the workforce challenges and so I have the privilege of of being at the thought leadership side of that um, but also being involved in really that strategic partnership lens of of that work now obviously you know to your point priya I started actually as a healthcare administrator and so you know son of a nurse and so uh, obviously my mother had a huge impression on me uh, as a caregiver and, and someone that devoted her you know her life and her career to taking care of others and still does now even though she's retired with with our children but ironically actually started in college as an academic internship at, at a healthcare system lehigh valley health network in pennsylvania and then was fortunate after that entire semester to start Uh, where I was for nine years, and it was nine years that I say were were some of the best uh, years of my career, what was then Pocono Health System, which is now actually part of Lehigh Valley. And we were a a standalone community healthcare system that served hundreds of thousands of patients across four counties within Pennsylvania, but we were also on the New York-New Jersey border. And so we were a very, very busy healthcare organization that saw 90,000 patients a year in the emergency room and I will tell you that it was actually in that career, in that role, where I served initially as the coordinator of community relations, worked my way up to being promoted to be a director of multiple functional departments, where I learned transformation. And I learned you had to be quick, you had to be nimble, you had to take risks, always doing it with one focus, which was to improve the health of our community and benefit our patients. And so you know, following that experience, I actually came into academia with the strong understanding that... Uh, first of all, it's eds and meds that can truly move a region. But when you bring education and healthcare together, I mean, as you know, education is interwoven into every fabric of healthcare, but we've got to do a lot of work to transform both. And so I felt that um, there were values that I could bring into education from a healthcare perspective that would put me in a position to impact healthcare. And so um, I've been privileged to serve it too. Academic institutions. Following that, and also then served at an ed tech company.
1: Excellent, and and so so many interesting and kind of varied career path choices that you made that have made you a well rounded leader in this space. I'd love to learn more about the interaction between education and healthcare, and and where you see some of the challenge that needs to be resolved.
2: Yeah, so actually, when I was at Pocono Priya, I had the privilege of launching what became a learning collaboratory between our health system. And our local university, and it was powerful because it was the first time we, as a healthcare system, really started to dig our heels into the fact that obviously, in academics, there are challenges that they face too. And a lot of this came out of our need to, you know, really look at how we could get better-trained nurses into our healthcare system. And what we found at that time was that the the stronger nurses were actually coming out of community colleges. Yet we needed more and more nurses, and you know, literally, we were right next door to East Stroudsburg University, and so. We were fortunate to work with the, the faculty there and the leadership to work on that program, improved it together, uh, saw the benefit of a public-private partnership as it was a state school and we worked with them you know, in our role. And What was powerful about that example was when you brought the two organizations together We really saw so much opportunity and we didn't stop there. So, you know, we actually then contracted them to do our community health needs assessment at the Department of Public Health at the university, which, again, was a profound experience for us and them as it engaged students. And then we actually also launched a brand new academic program, which, when I look back in my career, is one of the more transformational experiences ever. And it's actually something that lives with me today as I advise uh, digital health and and other health-related startups, which... was all about actually addressing social determinants of health and really coordinated care which in this case we launched an academic program called a community health coach program not too dissimilar to actually now what we call community health worker but it was actually a program where we taught students at the university how to take care of patients but not clinically there was much more of a non-clinical focus And the idea here was that they could go into the homes of our patients and with telemedicine, they would actually be there, you know, helping to reduce readmissions, being aware of what they were eating, being aware of their surroundings. And I'll give you one example that's pretty powerful. We had a patient who was a frequent utilizer, you know, frequent user visitor to the emergency room. And in this case, through this program, we learned particularly of, you know, this was a patient that didn't live in their own home, but lived in public housing. And they actually lived in, in a in a location that had a lot of mold. And what was happening, obviously, as we know clinically, was that mold was impacting their breathing and causing their COPD to be much worse. And so in that case, just because we had, you know, this program in place, we were able to address it, get that patient into a new home, and then through that example, address that you know health issue as well. And so it's a really powerful program.
1: That's a great example. And it's a great segue also into the topic of transformation you know you've you've led a lot of transformational efforts over your your career one question we have for you is you know what are some of the the common misnomers associated with with a transformation
2: yeah i think a lot of times one of the elements that i would suggest is a misnomer is people generally when they think of transformation think it has to be this large you know type of initiative that literally is going to change the organization but when i look at some of the most transformational initiatives and work that i have been a part of but also work that i've observed and and you know paid attention to in healthcare but also other industries it really has been the fact that you have to a look back at how you address mission vision and values. And so for me, you know, I was fortunate coming into healthcare that I had a CEO who mentored me, who grew me personally and professionally, and who taught me that for for transformation to really happen, you keep it focused on the patients. In essence, when you consider anything that's going to improve, you know, the healthcare system, your central question should be, what will this do for our patients? And so I think it's a misnomer that people always have to think about you got to do this big, you know, expensive initiative. Sometimes the transformation could be could be the most minute element that could literally transform lives. And the other element to it is that um I think today there's still a and, and I get this because you know, public or excuse me, uh, when you bring, you know, providers and payers together, I think that the transformation can be significantly large. I will also say that I think misnomer here is that In healthcare, we have this belief that you have to be a large integrated delivery system to do true transformation, and that's just not accurate. I can Mm -hmm. tell you that having been at a community healthcare system for many years, we were doing some of the more transformational work, and I would have put that up against integrated delivery systems any day. And the reason is, is because we were keeping it focused on the patients. And I'm a firm believer, and I write about this, and I share all the time, that we have to be cautious about how large healthcare has become, particularly at the system level, because the larger we become, sometimes the more removed we are from the community. And I'm a firm believer in the power of an anchor institution. And I truly believe anchor institution, healthcare systems truly are doing some of the most transformation work ever.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great perspective and an important one to raise. I think sometimes we... Assume that transformation can only happen in these big, you know, sort of institutions and systems, but transformation can happen every day, any day. So thanks for raising that. So, you know, more and more studies are being published about the growing number of failed transformation and, and everyone has their opinions about that. What are your opinions on what might lead a transformation to fail and why so many are failing?
2: Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the elements that, as we all know, is so key when you look at transformation is you have to have alignment and, and and more importantly, alignment around the team. I think so often in healthcare, we have great ideas, but don't necessarily test those ideas or work through those ideas with some of the folks that can really be critical to the actual transformation. And so, you know, Electronic medical records is a great example of this. There's no doubt that they've transformed healthcare. But at the same time, when we look at the impact that they've had actually in creating, leading to, and contributing to clinician burnout, those elements, we have to ask the question of whether we did enough to truly engage our clinical professionals in the part of of the actual transformation. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer that in healthcare, we've got to engage our professionals earlier in the process, get them aligned, get their buy-in get their input and actually do something with it. We can't just lead from the top and we can't just lead from a clinical leadership level. We've got to lead in the idea here that we engage everybody. And I think a lot of healthcare transformations truly fail on that alone. The other one I would argue in many ways too is that transformations fail on culture. You know, sometimes we forget that, you know, an organization has a certain DNA in their culture that that transformation may just just totally upset the apple cart. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer today, and actually, if there's one area of healthcare that we need to transform, it's actually culture. But outside of that, you know, I think when we when we look at a transformation, we've got to look at how it aligns with the culture, or how it could be a benefit to the transformation of that culture. And and in itself, and so we've got to bring people along, or it's not going to work.
1: Yeah, you know, you make me think a little bit about the concept of being risk averse. And and in some of my experiences with, you know, working with providers, there's an element of just being cautious. And sometimes it comes from from the right place. Obviously, you don't want to put into effect a, a policy or a change that's going to negatively impact anyone's health. But it can also be viewed as a little bit of a barrier to standing in the way of, making changes, you know, failing fast. What's your perspective on how to run a transformation inside a healthcare system recognizing that there there is a little bit of that risk aversion and cautiousness that you have to account for?
2: Absolutely. So in my experience what has been really critical and and back to that one example that I shared when we rolled out the health coaches program was a, you know, there was a lot of leadership support of it without question. Our CEO, uh, our chief medical executive of, of the medicine service line. But to your exact point, we have to remember that, you know, corporate compliance, risk management, you know, those types of functions shouldn't just be there in this idea that, that we, we bring them in when we, need, when we feel they need to be there. One way to avoid these situations of really having a risk averse culture is to bring them in earlier in the process. And so we did that. And in fact, one of the ways we did that is we, as part of the course you know, and program we developed with the university, we in fact actually brought those experts in to actually teach and then brought them in to be a part of the actual design of the program so that as we were developing it, we made sure the students understood the importance of corporate compliance and the importance of patient safety and the importance of, of risk management. It's natural for people to be risk averse when we're talking about dealing with patient care and I think uh, or patient data. But I think if we can bring them in as subject matter experts to help us in the actual design of what we're seeking to do, rather than bringing them in when we feel it's time for a review, we run a risk when we do that, because there's a good chance they're not going to necessarily be be, you know, in the the full depth of of what we're actually looking to do. What I learned, particularly in my career, was the earlier you bring them in, the the more you work to bring them on board and the opportunity you have there to help them see the value. And then, you know, making sure that as you do that, you not just weigh the risks, because I think people generally talk about that, but you look at how you can address not having the risk be a risk. And that's where I saw the power was in that relationship,
1: yeah, and it connects back to your points, I think, around culture as well. When it comes to kind of changing the culture inside healthcare organizations, what are some of the aspects that you are thinking about, just touching on the the earlier point that you raised in this conversation?
2: Yeah, so without question, you know diversity, equity, inclusion, and really the importance of creating a sense of of belonging are really an important element around culture. And really organizations that have done all of that well have actually seen true transformation around culture where, you know, leaders recognize they're there to help set up the environment that allows individuals to personally and professionally thrive and grow. And, you know, as part of that, we also see just the way organizations communicate. I think, you know, when you look at organizations that communicate at a level where they understand each and every one is a core team member. Each and everyone is here to serve and we, and we create this 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 dichotomy where people feel respected and appreciated, then they go the extra mile. And, and in healthcare, I think for far too long, we've got some great leaders, but but we have other leaders who have sort of led with a very different philosophy that in some ways I would suggest is is way uh, past time. That you know they lead with a command and control model. And and in healthcare, my former CEO often would tell us she would say you know healthcare is all about service so why aren't we all servant leaders and i would always say well that's a really really good question and and uh, you know i would say to her you know when you're around your other ceos what do you think and she would always say just wait till i write my book about that but the reality of it is is that you know we've got to really ensure that we are really adopting this idea that every decision we make in healthcare should be focused on what are we doing to advance patient care and how are we doing it in a manner that creates equity in the advancement of patient care. And so for me, I can't say enough about, I'm really glad to see many healthcare systems really moving the needle with health equity. We have a lot more work to do, but I would say if there's any area we can truly transform in healthcare and culture, it really is creating that sense of belonging as well as advancing health equity from a patient care on.
1: That can be more timely. Could you recap what you think are the quintessential elements that need to be in place for, for a transformation to be successful?
2: I would definitely, encourage alignment. And alignment goes multiple ways. One of which is it needs to be alignment to your mission, your vision, and your values as an organization. But it also has to be alignment around bringing all core team members on board and really engaging them in the actual innovation design of, of the transformation. The second is really around the elements of communication around the actual transformation. Oftentimes in healthcare, we we, we move too quickly or we move too slowly, but when we move too quickly, particularly with a transformation, we don't take the time to communicate it both internally and externally, first internally, to make sure, again, we get that alignment, but that we're also helping people understand why we're doing it, how important it is. And then the third thing I think is um, I don't think we can talk about transformation if we also don't tie it to a strategic objective. If we focus so much on this is where we're going, but we've got to make sure that it's tied to a strategic objective. And for me, it's part of alignment. And so alignment is crucial. And then the other one, as we've talked about, is culture. We can't forget culture, particularly with transformation. And uh, I think if we if we focus on it intentionally, we have a transformational, you know, not just initiative, but truly a transformational journey in healthcare.
1: Really well put. What advice do you have for other executives who oversee transformation efforts or maybe even someone who's who's taking on their first one?
2: My advice most certainly would be if you're clinical, we do see more and more individuals who are clinical in nature, whether physicians or nurses that go into these transformational roles. That's a huge benefit. And if you're not clinical, you know, I would just encourage that you really establish a team that includes that interdisciplinary You know focus we have to have a focus that brings together expertise at all levels and particularly i want to highlight the importance of having individuals there who provide care because a human-centered transformation is more important than ever we've got to make sure that everything we do remains focused on providing human-centered care and human-centered service
1: excellent we have learned so much from you today jeffrey and i think our our listeners are really going to appreciate this conversation Is there anything we didn't ask you about that you'd like to share with them? The
2: only thing that I would just encourage is, you know, we're seeing a lot of, as you know, a lot of exciting, particularly transformation from, you know, young as well as experienced entrepreneurs. I can't say enough about, you know, people continuing to think anew and try something. As former President Franklin Roosevelt always said, just try something. And in healthcare, I think, you know, we've got to create this culture where we really celebrate the idea of of trying to do something new because the reality of it is is that with consumerism and the changes you know changes in the market that we're only going to continue to experience our patients we know healthcare still has a lot of work to do and the last thing we ever will want to do or should do is to hamper innovation and i just want to continue to encourage the the exciting entrepreneurial leaders out there at all levels who are doing some some truly exciting work and work that we've got to lift up
1: love that Try something new. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, thanks again for spending the time with us. We had a great, great chat today.
2: Thank you so much as well for the opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to Profit's Healthcare Transformers podcast. This podcast is produced by Jared Johnson and his wonderful team at Shift Forward Health. And a big thank you to our hosts, Priya and Asia, Lindsay Mosby, Paul Shrimp, and Jeff Gorgi. If you liked today's episode, you can find more great content like this at profit.com slash thinking. I'm Anna Kuno, the senior editor of this podcast. Thank you for listening.